inside, Kempe dishes in front, another sliding catch saved by Flurry, this time to his right. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here is a left wing opportunity, Lizana sliding, catch save, Robin Leonard, what a stop. From the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Escorted in by the great calls by Dan Duva. He had another couple of beauties last night as the Golden Knights uh, come storming back and win it 3-2 in overtime to take a 3-2 series lead in the 2021 West Division Final. Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace uh, at the uh, microphones. Chris Chapman uh, pressing all the buttons and uh, annoying all the guests uh, during the setup of the phone calls as we bring in Stormy Bonatoni to discuss things. No, you do annoy the guests. You have these long-winded conversations. I listen to you. Now that I'm in the studio, I listen to you, and they are long-winded conversations. Stormy, do you have my back here? I what are you? Yeah, I, Chapman didn't annoy me. If anything, I talked his ear off. <laughs> All I heard was Gorilla Glue, and then oh, I tuned I, it out. Uh, okay, well, I guess I should just tell this story then, real quickly. Um, he asked me how my day was, and I was like, "Well, it's better now than it was ten minutes ago because I got crazy glue in my hair and." May or may not have had to yank a small chunk of hair out of my head today. So I'm better now. Um, The vibes are back to good, but a few minutes ago it was a danger zone. You just have to put the stuff in the freezer and then you can just break it out. My hair? I know, I know. know. That was a a bit of a stretch. That's very dangerous. I shouldn't actually even joke about that. That's uh, that's very dangerous. Uh, Storm Bonatoni uh, with us from the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, So you got the, uh, the, the shot, the, the, the video last night of the moment when Mark Stone scored. Uh, incredible footage. And uh, and tell me about the reaction that you're getting from this. Yeah, um, it's actually been so cool because you take a video like that and it's really cool and special and to you and you know this is going to be something you're going to want to keep for a long time and always have this, you know, that's one of those memories that I can already tell for me is going to be burned in my mind for a really, really long time. It was a really cool special exciting moment but to see the reaction from other fans and you know even people that aren't necessarily fans of the golden knights but are just hockey fans or people that thought that that was such an incredible moment and reaction that you got on the ice from the players um to be sharing and and enjoying it and talking about how cool of a moment it was is is really cool my my dad even sent me a text message this morning because he's not on social media i just I always send videos and pictures and stuff to him. And he was like, Stormy, how do you have that that spot? Like, NBC doesn't <laughs> even have that spot. And I just sent him back, like, hashtag assigned seating. <laughs> so it was definitely just like a right place, right time thing. I sit in the same spot all game long. And um, very fortunate to have been, like I said, in the right place as, as Mark Stone delivered the game winner and maybe the – longest short overtime in history, but really, really cool. I know. We talked about that. uh, that It felt like it was 20 minutes uh, when you you go through it and you go back 50 seconds. Uh, I can ask this because uh, I'm an uncool dad myself. Uh, Does your dad know what hashtag is if he's not on social media? You know what? He does, actually, because this is so weird. He's not on social media. He doesn't post. He doesn't use anything. But I have a younger sister who's seven years old, Mm. and she loves scrolling TikTok, and so he has to like manage what she's looking at and stuff like that. So he knows all about hashtags. He's more, he knows more about TikTok than I do, which is mind boggling to me. I can't believe he lets her have any social media or freedom after uh, raising you. 
Oh, come on now. <laughs> wow. Stormy. Stormy was in trouble all over the place. Uh, yeah, right. Come on. <laughs> no, come on. No, actually, I, I, had, a, uh, I had a joke uh, of, with some fun uh, conversations with people in the back room uh, at the office the other day, and I said, Stormy and I are going to do nighttime at noon. My entire goal is to make her angry because I've never seen her angry. Uh, and then you know what happened? I completely forgot about that plan. And we just got into a great conversation last week about hockey talk, and it, uh, it slipped by. So even even when you're not even trying to, you've got ways to uh, to influence people and uh, and make friends. So when you look at the video last night uh, of the winning goal, and you've watched it back a few times after witnessing it live, uh, what are a couple of things that that, that kind of jump out where you go? I didn't even notice that when I watched it live. Well, one, I'm still like in disbelief that they didn't fall over. That somehow when Mark Stone leaps, like, it, he's basically soaring through the air and almost tackles Max Pacioretty, and then the whole group coming off the bench comes and basically tackles Mark Stone back. And why you see the whole scrum kind of come directly toward me is because this momentum from the bench pulling all the guys that way, that they didn't fall over. Like, that's, it was incredible to me. I thought it was going to be a full-blown, like, college baseball dog pile at the mound <laughs> type of a situation there for a second. Uh, but, I mean, just the genuine excitement from Mark Stone, um, Max Pacioretty being kind of trapped in the middle of the scrum and how happy he was. And then you've got Jonathan Marcheseau, who's yes. kind of like an excited puppy dog out there. Just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I wish you could see my face right now because I'm just smiling so much even reliving that moment a little bit because it really was just so fun and so special. And I joked on Twitter the other day, too, that I'm glad that I'm required to wear a mask from my location so you don't actually, like, see how goofy my face can be from the national television cameras because some of my reactions are a little absurd, um, and I'm glad that no one can see them. So I look like a like the very good you know, non-biased journalist out there as I'm shooting these things because you can't really see my face. Stormy Bonatoni from the VGK is still rinkside doing her thing uh, through the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, chatting with us on the VGK Insider Show. So walk us through the anatomy of of getting the video and specifically the slow motion that you've got on Mark Stone ripping the shot and how perfectly timed it was. Give me the give me the the behind the scenes of how you got this shot. Well, I feel like it's really not as exciting as you probably wanted to be, honestly, because I mean oh. the the thing itself, the play itself, obviously incredibly exciting. Me shooting it, not that thrilling. Um, I basically shoot the majority of play on the offensive end because. I'm doing a vlog of kind of behind the scenes for round two for fans when the round is over, which hopefully it'll have a happy ending to it. Um, so I'm trying to capture some behind the scenes content and also some fun, um, you know, best of plays from the game so that you can kind of see them through my lens and my vantage point throughout this round. And I shoot almost all of them in slow-mo. Our coordinator of social media, Gordon Weigers, keeps on making so much fun of me because I love slow-mo. I just, I can't help it. I think it's great. And so I'm shooting 90% of what I'm shooting out there in slow-mo. And Darren knows we have two phones. Um, we have like our personal phone that we have and the one that the team has us use for work purposes. And um, I basically take all of my notes on one phone during the game and I'm just kind of shooting random stuff throughout the game um, on my other phone. And that play specifically, 
I was like fumbling with my phone actually. And then I saw, um, Mark Stone just take off and I was like, Oh crap. (laughs) So it just swung my phone up and (laughs) like the full, I I wasn't shooting it for longer or later than that. Um, and you can kind of edit slow-mos in your thing. So I made sure that the slow-mo was exactly from the release of the puck, um, to the start of the Sally. So like I said, not that interesting, but it is what it is. And a really, really cool moment from Captain Clutch. Stormy Bonatoni is with us. Uh, have you ever heard uh, Siri say your name, by the way? I haven't, but I bet it's just Buonantani or yeah, something. Yeah, it's like uh, uh, it's it's pretty funny because uh, I called you today uh, using Siri and I'm like, well, that's uh, some sometimes you get a really good one and yours is a yours is really. I'm glad I I heard it now and not before I met you because I still want to say it uh, the the Siri way. Uh, the the idea of uh, you're getting this content. Are you recording every time the puck kind of comes down the ice and just in case something like this happens? No, not every time, but as much as I can because um, I'm still. I'm fortunate right now that I kind of get to feel a little bit of the fan experience, which I'm not really used to, you know, Derek, because mm-hmm. we're broadcasting almost every game throughout the regular season and uh, the first round. So um, it's kind of a different feel right now. So I do make sure that I'm soaking in as much of the moment as I can, just, you know, being in the environment and not necessarily having, you know, a producer in my ear or anything like that. So I'm filming a good bit, but I do want to make sure that I'm taking in the moment as well. Like, I was so mad at myself that I didn't get the Miko Rantanen miss on the empty net. Like, I on the wide open net because I, I, right when I started recording, was like right as he was in the corner. So you just get the him bobbling the puck out to the right after that. I was like, dang it, come on now. So that's when I miss, unfortunately. (laughs) But yeah, most of it I'm trying to just because. I want to make it fun content for fans at the end of the round. Who do you think felt worse about missing, uh, you or Rantanen? <laughs> I think it's, you know, I think we know who that was. <laughs> hey, hey, can you, this is a goofy question, uh, and, and Ryan, jump in after this, but uh, this is purely technical. You re- So I record something like Chapman being goofy in the studio. Can I turn that into slow-mo after the fact, or does it? do I have to record in slow-mo like you did? So you have to shoot it in slow-mo, okay. and you can adjust the slow-mo after that. And you can basically take the slow-mo out of it if you wanted to. Oh, okay. and have full speed. Um, so that's kind of why I like it, is you can have the option to have it full speed, yeah. or you can set the slow-mo to whenever you want in the clip. So you're welcome, Darren. Thank you. Ryan. <laughs> uh, so I kind of want to go back to, to what you were saying about taking in some of these moments and, and, and getting more of that fan experience. and. And just how much more do you appreciate that or, or how much more are you understanding of that based on what, we, what we've what we kind of been through over the last 18 months where there there were hockey games in empty buildings. You were there. You were a part of that. And now you're, you're getting to experience full buildings again and getting to soak in those moments. How much more do you appreciate them now? I love that question because I really do. And throughout my career, that's something I haven't really been great about, I feel like, is really taking in the environment and appreciating what I'm doing when I have been a part of really cool moments and games and um, even interviews sometimes that I, I, because you have to do a job. And I I think that that's very important. Uh, Obviously, I do a lot of prep work and things that nobody sees behind the scenes to be ready for a lot of those moments that I don't necessarily do a great job of taking in my surroundings as much. And so it has been really, really cool, especially considering last year was my first NHL playoffs, 
and I was at McKenzie River broadcasting them. So um, just to be at any of these games has been a real, real treat and really special and really fun, and especially, as you said, seeing the 18,000-plus people just flow into the fortress and have the energy that they do, and you get that feel of how normal and exciting these moments are that, you know, it, it is playoff hockey and it's with a full building like it should be. Um, and I, I'll be the first one to tell you, while I'm obviously not an NHL player, I have been with the team this entire season traveling and going through all of the protocols that we've had throughout this year. And it's been really, really tough. And I know um, for me how rewarding it feels to you know, have these types of moments and atmospheres and, and it, it feels almost like surreal in a way that we're actually at this point where we have it. Cause I would have been somebody who told you at the beginning of the season, there's no way that we'd have a packed house before the Stanley cup finals or even maybe throughout this season at all. So um, it's something I really appreciate. And I think the team in a, a lot of ways, when they have these moments and when they, they have an overtime game winner like they did, are feeling in a way a little bit rewarded for all of the work and adversity and strangeness of this year. Well said. Uh, awesome commentary on the journey that uh, the Golden Knights have been through. And it should be noted, Stormy is the only uh, reporter that's been embedded with the team the entire season. So uh, stick tap to you uh, for going through that. And the, the Golden Knights as well for uh, uh, allowing you and giving you that uh, opportunity to be inside the bubble and bringing us the perspective uh, and the listeners and the viewers, uh, the angle from uh, from being inside. It must have been uh, quite the the environment uh, with the team uh, coming off that win last night. Yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> it was, um, and I'll tell you, Colorado's building, I know that they're not at full capacity, but it's loud there, and they are a, a tough fan base to, to be against. And one of the coolest things for me about last night was in a full section full of Avs fans, there were two Golden Knights fans that all night were, go Knights, go, chanting and getting booed. And, like, they didn't care. They were rooting on their team. It was really, like, that was really cool. And then seeing all the players coming off and just, like, the genuine excitement and, and joy, um, it's almost like you're a little kid, you know. These guys have dreamed about these types of moments their whole life and their ultimate dream is to get to a Stanley cup and win a Stanley cup. And last night was one step closer to that. And they were very rightfully excited for it. Hey, were you in the bowl when the anthem was played? Um, pregame? Yeah. Like when the, yeah. Yep. So did you tell me about the, uh, what the avalanche fans did when, uh, when the Knights fans chanted night? You hear the night, um, you know, like came through through the night, and then all the Avs fans try to scream back that our flag was still there. <laughs> so it's almost like an anthem <laughs> rap battle that they had going. That's pretty cool because that takes some coordination uh, behind the scenes and uh, so forth to get uh, to get everybody uh, involved in that. Um, and I, I didn't realize it at the time, but I'm like, what what just happened there? Uh, so yep. uh, again, this is knowledge, not just hockey stuff folks that we're bringing you we're bringing you like the fan experience uh right uh right in the middle of uh of this run uh between They're the competitive avalanche. with everything even their pregame patriotism <laughs> <laughs> around the anthem right like yep. uh, that uh that's awesome uh so where uh where did you think that mark stone believed uh he was uh when it came to the number of feet in the air 
can and can you do this for me? Because you you've got access. Uh, uh, you'll see players uh, around because you're inside the bubble. Can you ask Mark how many feet he actually felt he was in the air compared to how many feet he was in the air? I love that. One hundred percent. I will find out that information because Mark Stone has a vert. Let me tell you, that was that was pretty good. And it's funny too, actually, when he was walking to the post game press conference last night. Um, I kind of joked with him just because I asked him a question of probably a month or two ago about his shooting percentage. And he said, well, I pretty much only take grade A's. Right. And when he walked up, I was like, oh, so uh, you only take grade A's, eh? And he said, one shot on goal, right? <laughs> one shot. On, well, he had the great chance at the end of the third period and it yep. just slipped high. And, yep. uh, and I, like I chatted with Ryan, uh, earlier in the program, uh, it was almost like uh, he was he and Grubauer had this little quick battle because Stone went high on the one on one at the end of the period, uh, third period, and missed. And I wondered where's he going to go when he's got that chance? Does he go high again? I was surprised he went high glove again, and uh, and and it worked on Grubauer. So a little bit of a chess match, right? Yeah. Like, do you the same thing, and is the goalie going to anticipate you doing something different, or is he anticipate you doing the same thing? And so obviously. Whatever Mark Stone was thinking seemed to work out on Grubauer that time, and um, he probably leaped 20 feet. <laughs> what, are you, uh, what are you thinking uh, tomorrow? We should let people know it's a 6 o'clock start uh, tomorrow night uh, as we go through these playoffs. Times can change. Uh, start times can change, and times can change, and they have in this series. But it's a 6 o'clock start tomorrow night, so arrive early. Uh, last week uh, uh, there were some traffic uh, issues uh, getting in the way, and we want to make sure that everybody gets to the fortress. You get to nighttime uh, on time and uh, and just get down there uh, a little bit early, uh, as early as you can uh, to arrive uh, in time for the faceoff. But what are you expecting tomorrow night? Um, I'm expecting an extremely competitive game. Um, truly, I mean, these are the top two teams in the NHL at the end of the regular season for a reason. They have put on a show this series so far, showing why. And last game for me was, was interesting because it was kind of like a reversal of fate from game two of the series where the team that was probably the better team that night didn't win. And now you come down to, uh, you know, the, the if the Golden Knights win this game, the series is over. But we've heard from these players and Pete DeBoer how many times that the fourth win is the toughest one. And, I mean, this with the caliber of these two teams, it has the feel of a Stanley Cup final in a lot of ways, especially with the way that the crowd is going to be rocking. So I expect competition from the drop of the puck. It's going to be a fight for, for, for every puck battle. It's going to be a fight for every goal, every shot. And um, I hope a lot of fun. So, yeah, stay early, get there early, stay late, and get T-Mobile Arena rocking for another chance for the Golden Knights to clinch a series at home. They had never done it. They, they did it once, and can they do it again? It's like uh, when you break a long goal-scoring drought. The goals just come in bunches. That's what uh, we're hoping for with clinching series on home ice. Storm Bonatoni with us uh, as we wrap things up on the VGK Insider Show with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. So, Stormy, um your night to shine was Alex Petrangelo yesterday, and he was exceptional. He's been exceptional in this series the last couple of games. He's been just beyond good. Um, so I, I don't want to put you on the spot, though I will. Do you have a, a gut feeling on early night to shine for tomorrow? And if not, just take your victory lap on Alex Petrangelo. That's totally fine. I mean, and honestly, like, for Petrangelo specifically, I – 
I can't even take any credit for that because he's been doing it throughout the course <laughs> of the series. So um, I, I might even pick him again. I really want him to have a goal this series. I think that he, at this point, with how much he's done defensively for the team, I would love to see him get rewarded and maybe get a little redemption for that oh boy moment because I feel like Colorado has taken – taken too much life from that one moment in Tahoe and it's starting to grind my gears and I would really like to see Petro get the opportunity to cash in that one like odd man rush that he had going um, right in front of the net and he went low into Grubauer's pads I would have given anything for him to lift that I think I think he gets the night to shine just for his commercial that's a solid uh, little bit of work to get the kids to behave like that Hi, I'm Alex Petrangelo of the NHL. Of oh, the NHL. <laughs> that. Like, that's that's the even best part. It's just like, he's, he's so good. It's not even he, uh, Alex Petrangelo, Vegas Golden Knights. He's Alex Petrangelo of the NHL. Of the NHL. <laughs> yeah, smooth. I love that commercial, too. It's a good one. You know who has a really good local commercial? Derek England. That one is yes. a winner that he has with his uncast. Well, I'm, I'm, my goal is to find out who the jerk is behind Derek honking at him in the carpool lane. That's one of those oh, know, things where you. you're honking at the guy and he steps out and Derek and, England steps out and it's like, oh my God, can I have your autograph? Apologies, apologies. Oh, that's not the first thing I'm thinking when Derek England gets out of the car. I'm thinking. You don't want to take a tussle with England. Yeah. Uh, oh, crap. I'm done. <laughs> uh, Stormy, this has been a, a lot of fun. Uh, can we do this more often as we continue on this journey? Always happy to come on. Really appreciate you guys. And I know you had Pete DeBoer on earlier in the show and had to even out the star power. So I appreciate no. that. <laughs> no, you know what we did? We buried Pete in the first hour <laughs> and cleared enough space for Stormy Bonatoni, uh, Bonatoni, uh, as Siri would say, uh, on hour number Ooh. two, uh, the VGK Insider Show. That's what we do. What are you going to do with the hair? Uh, so you just got pulled the big chunk out uh, after getting cra- crazy glue in it. Did you get everything out? Um, yeah, so we're just, it's not like a huge chunk. I'm not balding, so we're lucky there. But um, we're, we might have to do some maneuvering tomorrow, so I'll keep you updated. Did you cut it out, or did you, like, yank it out? I I yanked it, so that's why I was You're crazy! I, I know, I know, <laughs> I just, I didn't think it through, just... Anyway, come on. We had such a good, we had such a good segment here. Why you got to bring this back up? What uh, What were you doing? It's what he does. What were you doing while you when this happened? Like, what were you gluing? What was I gluing? So I'm sure you guys saw. Um, however many games ago it was, I wore this jacket that had like the studs on the shoulder pads, yeah. like the battle nice. studs. And um, I was basically one of them fell off, <laughs> so I was trying to put it back on. Because I'm hopeful that I'll have an opportunity that there's a big game and maybe I'll wear it again. I don't know if I'm going to wear it tomorrow or ideally, fingers crossed, there's a next round. Um, so I was just trying to make sure that the jacket was in tip-top shape and I instead glued my fingers together and got glue in my hair. So it was not successful, but the shoulder pads remain. Oh my God, that is so funny. I've done the fingers <laughs> together before and that's a pain in the butt. To, to get out, but the, the hair takes to a whole new level. Uh, good on you. You and Katie and Gordon uh, doing an awesome job uh, with the social content uh, behind the scenes and uh, bringing us uh, great looks like you did uh, last night. We can't wait to see you at your perch tomorrow night uh, to the right as you look at the goal of the Colorado Avalanche net for the first and the third period. 
Well, thanks again for having me, and I'll definitely pass those kind words along to them. Have a great show, guys. Yeah, and find out by Mark Stone uh, whether he was 35 feet off the ice. Will do. I'll write that down right, right now. Thanks, Bye. buddy. <laughs> Bye. There's a story about a Tony. Uh, she's got uh, other things to do, like uh, glue clothing back together. When was the last time you glued or fixed a piece of clothing? I've I've never fixed a piece of clothing. Really, before. you don't I've sew never. at all? Yeah, no, nope. I, no, I really don't sew. I've I like not I even mean, a like button or the, something. Like, listen, the the concept of sewing, like I understand it, but I just don't have the patience or the energy to to really care enough to try in those moments. Like, I just I'll just like buy another shirt. Like, it'll be it'll be okay. Really it'll be fine. I sew. I yeah. I put stuff back together all the time. I, I'm surprised. Not with a sewing machine, but you sew it back together. Maybe I'm just cheap, and you guys are all rich guys. That's probably how it works. Just, uh, it's, unlikely. It, no, it's 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 one of those situations where like the time investment and the energy investment just isn't there for me, and I, you know, I I just I won't do it. I, I want. I would love to see Chapman trying to sew a button back on. I I could tell you, I don't even know how to thread a needle, so the chances of that <laughs> happening. <laughs> Hold on. Hold yes, on. yes, you do. Yes, yeah. it's, it's very easy. No, no, I don't. What do you mean you don't? <laughs> Isn't that that's like where you have to get the needle to stick onto you, you stick the the yarn or whatever it is through the the string through the eye of the needle and yeah. then you tie it? Yeah. yeah. I don't know how to do that. You just you well, just Well, you put it through the little hole it. and then you tie it. <laughs> how did this become about me? <laughs> well, you, because because you I can't was You say uh, something like that. Yeah, I was I, thinking uh it would be entertaining to watch you try to sew something back I, and I, then you say you can't uh, put uh, thread a needle. Okay, maybe maybe I could do that. But so like I, even, I, I, I wouldn't even know the first thing. I don't even know where to start. This is the first time that I've really given you a compliment. Like I think you could do this. I I, I don't. I don't know. think you could show Ch- after. But Chapman, you literally described the process. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Then I probably could there's, do that. There's nothing else to it. <laughs> okay, I probably could do that. Now I'm starting to question myself. No, no, no. Having the no. confidence in you. <laughs> Uh, we have catching up with Chapman uh, coming up, uh, but up next, it's uh, one-timers on the VGK Insider Show. We've got more nominees for year-end awards and a new analyst for ESPN. Brought to the near wing. Big shot, he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the VGK Insider Show. Let's get to uh, what I talked about uh, in the last hour, teasing that ESPN has uh, answered uh, to Turner with a NHL analyst. Wayne Gretzky will be part of the Turner uh, broadcast next year during their studio show. Well, ESPN has a analyst for this year. What are you saying? Uh, the NBC still has it. Yes, you're right. The NBC still has the rights. But ESPN is beefing up its uh, NHL coverage on SportsCenter. And they have inked a deal with one Pernell Carl Subban. P.K. Subban of the New Jersey Devils will join uh, SportsCenter uh, on Wednesday and will be part of uh, be part of the coverage of the National Hockey League on uh, SportsCenter. Coming forward, so that's pretty cool. I've been, I've, I've worked with PK as a studio uh, team before, and he's quite good. Uh, very, very energetic in the way he looks at the game, and uh, interesting the way he looks at the game. He's not, he's not shy about breaking it down. I think that's awesome. Um, you know, good on PK Subban for for you know jumping out there and, and doing it. And 
Yeah, good for ESPN. Like for for you know, I, we understand that everything starts next season, but beefing up that coverage for for this year right now, like that's that's huge and, and shows where hockey is in terms of importance for ESPN, especially during the the Stanley Cup playoffs. I think it's awesome. I think that you know, the more you can show individual players' personalities. Um, in those moments, the better for the league. So I'm, I'm rooting for it to be awesome, and I'll, I'll be tuning in. Now, if memory serves correctly, and this was a few years ago. This was during the uh, during one of the work stoppages where uh, PK joined us uh, doing some uh, junior hockey coverage, and he was he was great about it. And he not just uh, showed personality, but uh, but he really enjoyed uh, breaking down the game and uh, and dissecting the game. And I hope uh, hope that continues. And it's not just the the personality. He's got he he's energetic and he can do that. But uh, I love uh, picking the brain of of players like that. Uh, Winnipeg Jets are out after being swept yep. by the Montreal Canadiens. And did you guys see this quote from Connor Hellebuck? No. We are very close to being uh, a run and a, be a dynasty. It's going to take a few more pieces and we'll be there. So uh, we are very close to being able to make a run and be a dynasty. All right, maybe I'm misreading this, but Yikes. generally when you're a few pieces away, that's a few too many to making a run and becoming a dynasty. Well, who knows how many pieces well, you really are? Yeah, but a I, few? I don't even know what a dynasty I mean, is anymore. Well, I mean, like the closest thing that I think in the modern era people have, have, have said is a dynasty is the Chicago Blackhawks, yeah. right? Like. What they were able to do in, from 2010 to 2015, three Stanley Cups in that in that five-year span, like that is that is quite a run. But even that, I don't know that 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 you can look at that and say it was it was a clear-cut dynasty. Um, I mean, like win a Stanley Cup first, then maybe you could talk about being a dynasty. But like win win it once before you start throwing those those words out there. I actually like the confidence. He's never lacked <laughs> well, he's that. He's never lacked it. No. No, he's never lacked that. Like, and and, and he know, shouldn't we, be we, he shouldn't be criticized for that. But uh but you're right, interesting term uh using the word dynasty. I'd just like you to be right about it. That's coach Paul Maurice. Where where are we in the evaluation of the Jets this year? Because they were like a roller coaster, and I'm I'm having a hard time really giving them a kind of a grade of any kind. I don't know that you can give them anything but incomplete, right? Like it, I don't know that we've got a full picture of what the Winnipeg Jets were this year or what they can be in the future. Like you make the trade for Pierre Luc Dubois, you ship out Patrick Laine, and and. You, you don't really get, I think, what you were hoping for with Dubois, but he, he battled through some injuries. There's going to be an acclimation period. He served the quarantine. Um, and, and then in the in the playoffs, you have a, a great four-game stretch against the Edmonton Oilers, shutting down Connor McDavid. And then you deal with injuries. You deal with suspensions to key players. And, you know, your your season ends at, in, in maybe as – interesting circumstances as it extended in the first round. So I don't know that there's a grade to be given for the Winnipeg Jets. I, I think that this season is just one of those ones where you, you, 
you kind of try to put it in your rear view, take away some positives where you can, and hope that you come back better next year. The Mark Shifley situation continues to uh, be much discussed, even though the Jets are out. Uh, Shifley, who was suspended four games after the hit on uh, Jake Evans in game one of the series against Montreal. Uh, this was uh, Shifley's comments after the season in their year-end media availability. I thought I was going to be tried to be shut down by Philip Deneau. Instead, it was the Department of Player Safety that shut me down. More disagreement, uh, further disagreement from Shifley on the four-game suspension that he received. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I, again, we, we've we talked about the hit. We've, you know, we've talked about kind of the decision that, that Mark Shifley made in that moment to to finish off that hit on on Jake Evans and I, I I mean like you know if you felt that strongly about it, this is this is my thought process if Mark Shifley felt that strongly about it in the moment he should have appealed the, the suspension like I understand he didn't I get why he didn't but I, I think that in that moment appeal the suspension and then explain why you, why you feel that way like I don't know maybe maybe I'm, I'm coming at that from the wrong angle I, I'm still conf- conflicted on whether or not he could appeal because uh, of the number of games, hmm. and I may be wrong on that. Like I just, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking out loud here, and I haven't done the uh, the the research into it or looking into it uh, whether or not. But I, I think there's a number of games that that you have to be suspended for before you can actually appeal it. And I don't know what that number is. So uh, I may be talking out of my butt here, but uh, mm-hmm. I think there, that may be the case. And I don't want to say it's, in, it's entirely uh, along that vein. Well, here's a novel concept. How about don't take a run at a guy who's scoring an empty net goal? Then you don't have to worry about Department of Look, Player Safety coming after you. I'm, I'm on the record saying I thought it was going to be two games, that I thought four games was excessive, too. But uh, if if you're protecting players and you're doing that, then if you're going to err on the side of caution, four games is okay. But I, I did think it was it was a more severe penalty than than I anticipated. But even if it's only two games, he still took a run at at Evans. Yeah. So so don't do it. Don't do that. There was zero reason to do it. Then hey, you don't have to worry about you it. From your little perch over I'm, there, I'm just saying you fell off your chair last week. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't hurt anybody. Now when anyone I knows did about it. taking runs at something? Yeah, yeah. I took a run at the floor. We didn't, and and you know what? Yeah, exactly. We gave the chair a complete pass on that. Get George Paris on line one about this chair. <laughs> um, anything you want to add there? Because uh, before I move on. Um, I mean, like, I get it. I understand Mark Shifley's frustrated, and it's a good soundbite. Um, but again, like, in that moment, he he made that decision to finish that check, and and it was charging. It was suspendable, and he was suspended. Yeah. Like, you know, that that's kind of all all I've got on it. Nominees for the Norris Trophy are out. Still can't believe we haven't renamed this trophy to the Bobby Orr Trophy. But uh, the Norris, James Norris used to own the Detroit Red Wings, in case you're wondering. His uh, four children donated the trophy way back when. Uh, It goes to the best defenseman in the National Hockey League for that year. The nominees are Victor Hedman, Kale McCarr of the Colorado Avalanche, who, yeah, he was so good last night. I don't know how he does that. 
and stands up and doesn't just completely fall over and get his feet <laughs> tied up uh, like like Chris Chapman threading a needle. Just um, a mess. Uh, and Adam Fox of the New York Rangers is the third nominee. Uh, Hedman is the odds-on favorite. Adam Fox uh, played in New York and is like, well thought of. He was actually originally drafted by Calgary. He wasn't going to sign there, and so Calgary uh, dealt him off. He had a great, uh, great stretch of games. Uh, and then you've got Kale McCarr. So they're very different. Fox and McCarr are young. Hedman's the uh, the older one. Do you know how many Norris trophies Victor Hedman's won? It's quite astounding, actually. One? One. We think of him. Yeah. He's, this is the fifth straight year that he's been a finalist. Uh, most yeah. years in a row that uh, somebody's been a finalist for the Norris since Nick Lidstrom. But he's only won one. Yeah, that's I, interesting. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like it should be more. Should be, um, yeah. I feel like there are probably cases to be made for the, the four times he he did not win as a finalist. Um I I like I'm torn on this one because like admittedly it it, it was a different year in, in that while I'm aware Adam Fox had a great year, while I'm aware that Victor Hedman had a Victor Hedman season because he's just very, very good, I can tell you that based on what I spent the majority of, of my year looking at, I'm going to be biased to Kale McCarr. Like, I, I think See? he's just so good, so dynamic. And in terms of of defensemen that, that I enjoy watching... Kale McCarr is it. Like he's got everything. Total yes. package. Um, so yeah, I, I think that there's going to be um, some of that bias creeping in just based on what you followed and what right. you watched most this year. And that's the issue with this year. Nobody got yeah. to see anybody else in person outside of like Eddie Olchek a handful of times and and some of these national broadcasters because they were granted the privilege to uh, to travel, but not a lot. But by and large, nobody got to see anybody outside of their division in person. And there's certain awards, like the Selkie. I don't know how you objectively vote on that award without seeing people in person. It's just there's so much goes into the Selkie. And Mark Stone's a finalist there. Uh, Vesna's a little bit easier uh, because we can look at, at, at wins and so forth. Norris Trophy, Adam Fox, New York, I'll go out there and say it. He's a finalist because he he played in New York. Not the the only reason, but that pushes him over the top. And he's he's playing in in, in that market. And good on him, right? Uh, If he's playing in Calgary, doesn't happen. Not this year. Maybe in another year, he does. Like Calgary had a Norris Trophy winner a couple of years ago, Mark Giordano, but this year it's just unique, uh, and I'll be curious to see uh, the award that that really hangs in the balance for me is the Vesna. Does Mark Andre Fleury, because he's got the better numbers, Kevin Woodley said it last week, does it override the people not being able to see Mark Andre Fleury in person? That's that's going to be the interesting one. I just I just want to live in a world where 
the the year Mark Andre Fleury is nominated for the Vesna, and he his numbers back it up is the year that he wins it. Right. That's all. That that's that, that's all I want to do. Um, I'm not sure. I'm terribly confident that that's going to happen, but um, I do hope. I do hope that it does. I I think it's probably fifty fifty, which is as good as you can ask for, right now. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Boston and the New York Islanders one one. Not giving anything away here. Uh, it's one yeah. one. As the New York Islanders try to close out the Boston Bruins in Game Six. I don't know which way I, I this one's going to go. Why? I, I want to check? check something. Really. Well, Do you think I might check my... the power? No, no, no. I not, not not the score. I'm watching the game. I can see what the. But your score feed's is way there, behind I'm not mine. Checking the score. I thought you're. Yeah, like feed... I don't. That's that's. Yes, but did something happen? Is that what you're trying? to I don't tell know. Me? I thought maybe you were trying to play a joke on Chapman and I that somebody had scored. No, no. Have I you never done that with somebody many... where, where you're watching and you're ahead of them? And you go, oh, that was amazing. Look at that. And then they, they spend the next no, five minutes no. waiting. I, I'm I'm not a child. Um, what so do you mean, child? It's entertaining. The, yeah. The, the New York Saints have been penalized twice. Yes. And the Boston Bruins just once. So hmm. I'm, I'm just curious to see how the penalties shake out in this game. Best $25,000 Bruce Cassidy can spend. Listen, if he gets six power plays in this game and they win... Heck yeah. You don't even need six. It's what Pete DeBoer, Pete DeBoer said almost the same thing the other day. <laughs> he just didn't call him the Colorado Saints. That's where Bruce went over the line. Uh, the Colorado, the uh, New York Saints <laughs> comment was, oh my goodness, did you just see that on the TV? Wow. Oh, it was uh, fantastic. It was well amazing. Uh, but the uh, did you just see that play by the Islanders? Uh, the, the idea of calling uh, New York the Saints was... Was pretty good. Oh, uh, I give uh, I give Bruce Cassidy credit. Now, did you finally see it? Did your TV catch up? Yeah, yeah, you're a jerk. <laughs> uh, a see, you know what? You called me a child, and what did I do? I yeah. doubled down on my childishness. Ness. Should always ness. remember this. Childishnessness. <laughs> yes, you should. Oh, Those are your one timers uh, for this Wednesday, June the fifth. On Fox Sports Las Vegas. Pick it up by Pacioretty. Out for Stone. Here he comes. Working left side. He shoots. He scores. Mark Stone. He wins it in overtime. Three to two Golden Knights. The captain delivers his fifth goal of the playoffs. The Golden Knights game-winning goal-scoring leader in the regular season wins it in OT. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. We've all been in buildings where the visiting team scores and there's just silence where you can hear the athletes on the ice talking and hooting and hollering and, uh, and celebrating. Uh, I can't imagine what that ball arena was like last night because it was... One, early in overtime, but two, it was right on the heels of the Avalanche having two enormous opportunities to end it themselves, and the place was buzzing. And then it's like you lift the needle off a record player. Record players are back, so I can use that reference again uh, as we bring in Chris Chapman for Catching Up with Chapman. All right. I've been seeing a lot on social media about the Golden Knights fans being, well, not well-liked by other fans around the NHL. 
embrace it. Embrace being hated by other fan bases because they don't hate you because your team sucks. They hate you because your team's really good. It's the reason why I hate the Patriots, the reason why I hate the Yankees, the reason why I hate Manchester United, because they win, because they're good. If you're a Golden Knights fan and you're, you're upset about other fan bases disliking you, don't be. Life Lessons with Chris Chapman. Chapter 2. Embrace Being Hated. <laughs> it's a gift, ladies and gentlemen. It just keeps on giving. We'll be back with you live from T-Mobile Arena tomorrow on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.